Hey y'all, Jesse here from the See You Next Tuesday podcast. We are going to be going on a break for the first time in over a year for the month of December. Yeah, I know, you'll miss us. So we have curated some of our favorite episodes and why they're our favorites for the month of December. So stay tuned. We will still be coming at you every Tuesday. They will be reruns, but you'll get a little bit of inside information from us. We hope you enjoy and have a safe, happy holiday season. We'll see you in 2023. Hi, this is the See You Next Tuesday podcast. We have dirty words and shit potholes throughout the entire episode. Our name literally spells cunt. How could you not know what was coming? Thanks for listening. Welcome to another episode of the See You Next Tuesday podcast. I'm Jesse. I'm Amanda. How are you doing over there? Not great. <laughs> you just missed an entire like dialogue. We had this whole exchange before this, like pre-planning, because you know we pre-plan the day of an episode, not you know beforehand. Yeah, who does that? I mean, not us. That's for fucking sure. Maybe those professionals that actually like get ads and oh, are on the top charts and shit. five of some bullshit yeah did you see spotify has charts now yeah i did oh um, my phone's over there we're okay. not on it oh don't even look okay you know who is though hmm. get ready to vomit kim kardashian yeah i saw that come up and i was like what the hell again if you like her cool and all but we don't we're just she's not our bag you know what i laughed so hard so my husband says to me Here's what happens. Story time. So we're scroll. I'm I'm scrolling through social media, and I see these real cute Adidas, and they're like throwbacks, right? I'm like, honey, oh my god, I want these shoes, right? Yeah. And the ones that I want are like a hundred bucks. And he, the ones next to me, he goes, oh, I kind of like those. And I go, they're three hundred dollars. And they were like Y dash three or something. I don't fucking know. Don't ask me. Yeezy. And I go, bro, those were probably Yeezys that they're not calling Yeezys anymore because they dropped Kanye. And he said, yeah, did you hear much Kanye's uh, worth dropped because he's anti-Semitic? And I was like, no. And he's like, yeah, like over a billion dollars. I go, well, that fucking sucks for Kim Kardashian since their divorce isn't finalized. Oh. And that makes me fucking laugh so hard. <laughs> you know, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. She won't get as much now because... She ain't gonna get shit. Yeah. And also child isn't... What's it called? Child support. Yeah. Isn't it based off your current income? Yep. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> she got more money than God. She doesn't need the money. Anyway, you know. No, but you know she would go and take him to the cleaners. Probably. And can we just say this? Your mental health matters. And yes, Kanye, hon, it, get help, sweetie. Yes. You need Seriously. to take your meds. Please. Take your meds. That's this, all we care about here. This whole thing is him not taking his meds because Dude. we all know he has mental health problems. Yes. And none, nobody should be promoting him right now. Nobody should be throwing a mic or a camera in his face right now. They should be throwing his meds at him. <laughs> Into his mouth hole. Exactly. Yes. Every time he opens it, someone should be tossing his meds in his face like popcorn. Plus, exactly. And we do not support anti-Semitism either because there's plenty no. of people who aren't their meds who do not go anti-Semitist. Exactly right. Or racist or whatever exactly the hell he's right. doing. So we totally denounce that crap as well exactly right we just think that it's slightly funny <laughs> that kim is not 
going to get what she thought she was going to get out of this deal. And that family definitely uses and abuses a lot of people. And I do think it's kind of funny and love them or hate them. Pete Davidson did the same thing to them. <laughs> he used her to get famous, get a contract, something with his mom. Like she was working out some contract deal for him and they broke up. And, you know, either way, if it was her idea or his idea, I'm just still like, you know what? Pete may not be as dumb as we think he is. I know. I mean, it's great. I mean, come on. Releasing your own sex tape just to fucking get famous and blame it on somebody else is fucked up. Very fucked up. But damn, apparently that's all you got to do. I guess I know what I'm doing when I get home tonight. There you go. You can release that sex tape that y'all have. I gotta make one first. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta make it like in the old VHS tape too. Make it oh, real good. Fuck, now I gotta go by the pawn shop. <laughs> Get one of those old school yep. 90s giant video cassette. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, damn. Take us back. Please take us back. Like, no, no time was good, let's be real. But sometimes, don't you wish it were like, like, I wish Facebook didn't exist. Yeah, sometimes. pre-social you know? media, 100%. Yeah. Actually, me and your pod hubby were talking about, like, bullying pre-social media mm. and how you go to school and you may get bullied. Like, these four jocks may bully this one kid, but it was only these four jocks. But now it's the whole 800 kids in your class bullying this one kid and... It continues when they get home on social media, whereas before they would get home and it would stop and they could play video games, read their book, do what they wanted, or they may have a neighbor kid they were friends with and they could escape it. Exactly. But now there's no escape. Yeah. No, you've got, that's a perfect point. And that's what makes it so much worse, I think too, is because it follows you everywhere. Exactly right. God. And since it's on social media, it never fucking goes away. Nope. Like, you can't erase it and make it go away. It's always going to be there. Yep. And even if you go to, like, college and things and you, you know, it's it's honestly, it's kind of a cancer at some point. You know, like, it's gone beyond just being a social platform to connect with people and now it's a, a huge issue. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, and I think it's like anything, a balance, you know, you kind of mm-hmm. have to have a little bit of it, but not too much to where it turns into like that. Yeah. Where it becomes your entire world. And then unfortunately people like, kill themselves over what's that online and because they can't escape it. Yeah. And, and it's totally, it makes sense. So if you're thinking about that, definitely get some help. What is it? 988 now? Just all you got to text. I don't remember. Text. I think it's like help to 988, something like that. Because like that's like the national suicide hotline. I'm so glad they made it easier to access now because like, let's be real. Like that first step is so difficult, especially if you don't feel like you're worth it or you feel like people don't care about you. We do. Just so y'all know. 988. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Text that if you ever have those thoughts where it's like, I could potentially harm myself or others. And if you just Google National Suicide Hotline, you can even just click the button or chat or go to their website. It is so cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. I know there's a whole thing on Google for that. That's fantastic. It says speak with someone today and you can just click the button to even immediately chat with someone or immediately text them or immediately call them. Yep. Yep. Oh, I mean, if that's too much, reach out to a friend, a family member, any anybody, seriously, your neighbor, because like, believe it or not, there are a lot more people that care that you're here than you think. Trust a teacher us. at school. Yep. Yep. No, it's definitely, definitely taken a turn and uh, I don't know. It's, it's definitely different than we were in 
school. Yes. And thank God we didn't have that when we were in school. Oh my God. Oh, thank God. Oh, could you imagine going out? Oh no. Like when you're Mm -hmm. in like your early Mm twenties and then all of a sudden all that shit's online. Fuck that. Thank fucking God. (laughs) Thank God. So I have a question for you. Speaking of mental health. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel about Legos that are not Lego brand? I mean, the Legos that aren't Lego brand, I find, like, we're talking about quality-wise, or... I mean, like, <laughs> just, like, how do you feel about them, like, would you buy them? I mean, yeah, I would. It's kind of like how I feel, like, like Rose Art versus Crayola crowns. Like, they work. They're a little too waxy. They don't work right, but they'll work. You know, they're still a, a, a crayon, technically. It's kind of the same way I feel about, like, what is it, Duplo? There's another one that's like a Lego off-brand. Because my co-worker sent me this one, and I'm like, oh, this is so cute, but it's not Lego. What is it? Let me see. Oh, wow. It's a giant bonsai tree. But it's a tree house. Oh, my God, you're right. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I would say get it to see what it's like. Especially for that price point. I'm just going to say it's it's under $50, guys. So it's not like she's going to oh, be throwing... and there's a 10% off coupon. And there's a coupon. So you might have to do it just to see what it's like. I mean... I mean, if anything, like you said, it'll help with just kind of like having that moment where you're just putting something together and it's really relaxing. Well, you know what I've been doing that I've been loving? The diamond art. Okay, I thought you were going to go there. Because last time we, we talked, you were doing your flooded cookies, and you bought all that expensive sugar <laughs> and frosting. How'd it go? It was a dumpster fire, and I only took the good ones to work. <laughs> I liked them. I thought they looked cute. Your little spooky ghosts and your cats and things. It was very cute. And the pumpkins. Yeah. I definitely... So I can bake really well. The things I bake taste amazing. I cannot decorate for shit. Okay. I'm not a decorator. That's fair. I mean, that's the thing is like, like, okay, you guys were just talking too, my pod hubby and you about how you can bake and I'm just like dying with quick breads. I can't do a goddamn biscuit to save my life. And I'm like, a biscuit's so fucking easy, Jess. I know. It's because like- You don't even have to let the biscuit rise. Well, see, like the, the butter, dude, the butter always got me because it's like, you have to laminate and all that noise and make sure that the butter isn't too- big or too hot and it oh, just I'm gonna keep trying <laughs> just not right now because <laughs> it's making me mad I mean I'm moving on to homemade pastas mm. that's because you're awesome the next thing I'd bring you may just be homemade raviolis or some shit amazing I, I would love that actually you did make that remember the tiktok ravioli or no the tiktok bowtie pasta chips oh but that was store-bought pasta really good but you're right it would be better for homemade pasta but anyway i digress your new thing is the diamond paintings yes and you say they're really relaxing i fucking 100 love it love that i'm pissed i haven't been able to work on it almost all week because i've been busy with real life which fucking sucks yeah it's annoying isn't it i know i hate it it kind of gets in the way of everything it's like why yes are there any stories you want to tell us from the rl let me see. My 19-year-old son drunk texted us last night. He, he uh, uh, what? 
girl, tell me this is not a drunk text because you can't even read it. How old is your son again? 19. And he drunk texted you. Oh, no. We Uh think it says my friends are making fun of me for my accent. Duh. That is definitely some word. When I drink. There's like an X in there for some reason. My friends are making fun of me for my accent. No, no, no. That comes out when I drink. Damn it. I think that's what that says. See, no, read it how it's spelled, though. My friends are making fungum me for my accent. I exams put when I drink famit. But there is an emoji. <laughs> He's definitely drunk. <laughs> He's definitely drunk texted. That's the family chat. On the family chat. Oh, no, son. What are you doing, dude? So then my daughter responds. <sighs> she says, they should be making fun of fun of your for your spelling right now, LMAO. So I'm now questioning whether she's drinking as well. <laughs> Because I'm not quite sure what they should be making fun of your for your spelling. I think what she's trying to say is you for your spelling, but she added an R. But just make fun of them for not having one, LOL. Oh, oh, maybe. I don't know. All the different parties. And then he says, yes, ma'am, let me try. (laughs) God. Yes. Y-E-E-S. Yes. Oh, my God. Let me try. What's happening? It's going I off have the college-aged children that's true, that's true. with phones. What were you thinking? Allowing them to live to this point. How dare you, ma'am? <laughs> now, this is much better than the last time he got drunk because that prompted pictures on Instagram Speaking of social media. Oh, no. Which prompted me to want to unfollow my own child. What's happening? Oh, my God. Yeah, no. And you're like, I don't know who you are anymore, son. I love you, but no. I can't do this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not this right now. Yes. (sighs) All I can say is they're living their best lives. (laughs) They are. But that's it. Like, it's cool that you're, I'm going to say cool with it in quotes, because like, that's a heavy, like, I know you're not. Right. I know you're not. No. But you're also not the person who's going to be like, live your life my way, either. Ask me what I was doing when I was 19. Doing the same thing. Exactly right. Yeah. So you're, that's why you're like, I mean, what leg do I have to stand on here? I mean, I was doing much worse because I was driving from downtown Austin to very north Austin drunk. Which is every single second extremely dangerous. Exactly right. So at least he's he's not doing that. In one spot. I know he's staying in one place because I beat it into their heads. Uber. Uber, Uber, Uber. Exactly. Or stay where you're at. And so I'm pretty sure they're smart enough to do that. You know, on the flip side, my daughter called me Saturday while I was at work. And I'm the only one in the office. There, I think there might have been one other person there. So I'm talking to her. 
and she's about to go on a run. Well, she was going to go on a run, and she says, oh, shit, I forgot. I'm going to go on a run at noon. It's 11.54. And I was like, okay. She goes, well, I went out last night, and I'm eating eggs. I said, well, I know you run in a neighborhood. Just be polite and vomit in the street, not in somebody's yard. Seriously. Also, God dang it. Don't you miss that shit? Don't you miss being able to do that? When you would like go out and have like a fucking, you'd be hammered. And the next morning you wake up around 10-ish, you wouldn't feel great. Don't get me wrong. Not like you felt amazing. But you could have a few things, a couple of glasses of wine or water or whatever was around you at the time, hot beer. You know, get some hydration going, maybe a little Bloody Mary at a brunch or you make your own homemade Bloody Mary and then you move on with your day and like nothing, everything's fine. No big deal. Like literally a couple hours later. Now I'm in traction, like after two glasses of wine, too late in the middle of the week. Oh yeah, no, it's a whole fucking problem. Yeah. I was just like, shit. well, when you go on a run here in six minutes, make sure you vomit in the street, not somebody's yard, because that's just rude. Oh, just egg yolk. Nothing but egg yolk coming up. I'm just all I'm imagining. Sorry, y'all. And, and then, so what I always tell my kids when I get off the phone with them or after I see them and they're leaving me to go out into the world, this is what I always tell my kids. I love you. Make good choices. Yeah. So this time I said, I love you. Make better choices. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame you. It's, it, it's an important point that you're making. There. I mean, that was a poor choice to eat those eggs six Ugh. minutes before you go on a run after you went out the night before. Like, I don't know what she did. Maybe she just went to a movie. I don't know. But the fact she said, I went out last night and I'm eating eggs and I'm going on a run. Fuck. Leads me to believe there was some alcohol involved. Oh, for sure. She feels like shit. You know what? She may not have. Like I said, there's, she's, she's, you know, 20s, dude. You know what? I think she just went to see the new Disney princess movie. Yeah, of course. It's exactly what she did. Mm -hmm. And she just stayed up way too late and she had a glass of milk when she got home and she Mm -hmm. was like, you know what? Mm -hmm. This really didn't settle my stomach right. Right. Exactly right. Yeah. Because she's the little princess. That's right. That's what we're going to say. Oh, man. Well, speaking of little princesses, are you ready to get into her gauntlet this week? do it who is not a princess it is a boy we're gonna talk about today david francis brahm who is that tell me tell me tell me, tell me. <laughs> so for this episode i'm gonna start with a quote and all i can think of what was what was on the other side of those caskets it was just trauma after trauma and no discussion and no help to be found what was his zodiac sign so he was born October 3rd, 1971. I, I haven't been looking up the signs lately. I know. I know. I haven't been doing my I, job. I know. Like Sorry, that. guys. Slacker. I know. What is that? October 3rd. I don't know. I'll, you keep talking. I'll tell Taurus. you in a minute. Oh, people are screaming like, no, nah, it's that. <laughs> Literally. I call mm. myself a white lady. Come on. What? Do, <laughs> I don't know the Zodiac. So David Francis Brom was born to Bernard and Paulette Brom on October 3rd, 1971 in Cascade Township, Minnesota. Libra. Libra. Okay. Libra. Okay. So he was born into the small town right outside Minneapolis. He was raised Catholic and his three siblings, older brother, Joe, little sister, Diane, and little brother, Richard. 
all of them live in the same house. I know. I know. I know. It's great. Little Richard, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. So all four of them grew up Catholic. So he is, because he's not well known, there was kind of like what you find with some of these people, just not much out there about his childhood. Just Mm -hmm. really wasn't. I'm guessing if it was something unusual in it, we would have heard about it later for obvious reasons. Well, I mean, also, what year was he born? 71. There's not a lot of records prior to that either. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know? That's a good point, yeah, because, like, record-keeping, the farther back you go, gets sketchier, <laughs> less mm-hmm. and less and less. Plus, and even if there were records, they're all not always that reliable. True. And unlike, like, what we were just talking about, these kids didn't grow up with social media. We don't know anything about their lives. They didn't keep track of every little thing. Nope. They and- didn't take pictures of their breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Nope. And if, if they did, it was in a journal. And even that was probably, like, if you kept it... If you kept it, you kept it. If you didn't, you threw it away, you got a new journal. Or, you know, mom found it, read that you made googly eyes at somebody and was like, Satan, burn it. Not in this household. (laughs) We don't make googly eyes at a boy. You know, it's interesting you should bring up Satan because he does appear for us later in this story. When we talk about Satan. Yep. So, essentially, he grew up Catholic, okay? So, and and Catholic by means of Catholic school, Catholic. Okay, so I'm guessing they were strict-ish. Oh, nuns with rulers, nuns with rulers. Yes, nuns with rulers, uniforms, all that. Did you know that they do have normal teachers that do teach at Catholic schools? They're not all nuns. They do. Now. Okay. Because... I know someone who went to a Catholic school uh-huh. and they did have nun teachers, but mm-hmm. they also had regular teachers. normal people teachers. Okay. I'm trying to think back on my childhood now. Hold on. The last time I went to Catholic school, I was seven. Okay. You went to Catholic school? Mm-hmm. But you're not Catholic. No, it didn't matter. My parents just wanted me to be in a religious school when I was little. It didn't matter if it, what it was. Be- that's interesting because most... Protestants don't like the Catholics. Yeah, the only reason we got away with it was because we were Lutheran, and my mother used to be a Catholic. So Lutheran's like Catholic light. It's how Catholic was born, essentially. So Catholic Junior? <laughs> kinda. Yeah, pretty much. So I can't remember. Some of them weren't. I think you're right. Yeah. I thought they were all nuns. They used to be. Some still are. I think it just depends. On how many nuns they got, you know, <laughs> and who wants to teach because, you know, teaching I mean, is wants, a... It's 2022. Who wants to be a nun? But that was not the 70s. I imagine there were lots of nuns in the 70s. Yeah. You know, and... But you know what? It was also the 70s. There could have been a lot of nuns breaking free. Oh, yeah. The whole burn your bras thing, too. Like, yeah. forget this free love. Life. Yeah, because that's also... That's a really interesting point you're making because a lot of those those girls that were, like, in the 50s, babies that were born out of wedlock, let's say... Sent to a nunnery because the parents didn't have any place else to put them. Right. Because Grew up they as couldn't nuns. exist. Right. Exactly. Grew up as nuns. And or, became nuns. And then they were in their 20s and the 70s. And they're like, F this. I can have my own life. It's mm-hmm. an interesting point. Mm-hmm. I want to research that now. <laughs> Sad mm-hmm. that I didn't. So one thing I was able to glean about his you know, teenage years was he started to dye his hair black. He shaved the sides of his hair and he spiked it up on the top. James Dean. 
Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. But and so this was in the eighties. Oh, so basically, as soon as you did this, you might as well have been worshiping Satan. I mean, that's it. You're done, bud. Especially in Catholic school, you spike your hair up and it's black now. Satan. Mm, yeah. Satan worshiper. Yep. So seemingly a regular teenager, allegedly, David got into a fight with his dad on the night of February 18th, 1988, about a song he was listening to called Christianity is Stupid. Love that. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, you guys. I already, I got you, girl. Don't worry. I got you. I got a whole news clip and everything. <laughs> but did you listen to the song? I, there's a clip of the song and I listened to the band it came from. It's by the 1980s experimental band, Negative Land. I've never heard of them before. They're an experimental band. So like, and, and what I I'm saying. I don't even know what an experimental band is. Oh, okay. So it's like sounds or you know, they'll just take like a clip of like a, a baby doll crying and then they'll like loop it over and over and over and they'll loop it on top of a news story or whatever, you know, like they, it's just experimental. What is the name of the song again? Christianity is stupid. And yes, it is on Spotify. Yes. You can find the band negative land. It's negative land without an E N E G A T I V L A N D. Yeah. And so basically negative land the band was critical of the mass media, nuclear war, and handguns. Which, if you were any of those things in the 80s, you might as well have been Satanist. You like them, right? This is great. It's pretty sick. It's pretty sick. They're not bad. So, I do have a little clip here that I just wanted to play. Hopefully it will play for me. I just want to say, I only listened to 27 seconds, so I really didn't get into the words of the song. The beat is amazing at the beginning. It's good, right? Yeah, I can't wait to listen to the rest of it. So check this out. Let's, let's see. This is a news story from after the incident that we're going to talk about, but it, it plays very well into it, so I, I had to play it. Good evening. Topping Nightcast, a possible link between murder and music. Music performed by a rock group right here in the Bay Area. Four members of a Midwestern family were murdered. The 16-year-old son is the prime suspect. Members of the experimental rock group Negative Land have been drawn into the case. And prosecutors won't even tell them for certain that their music, how their music might be involved. Hal Eisner has our report. It was the kind of murder case that friends and neighbors said didn't make sense. They didn't understand how an A student from a good family could murder his brother, sister, and parents with an axe. He was not a homicidal maniac. He He did not show any signs of wanting to hurt anyone. David Brom was accused in the multiple axe slangs, but now almost three months later, many are still wondering why. One explanation may involve a Bay Area music group called Negative Land. Negative Land's music is highly critical of the mass media, nuclear war, and handguns. The group thinks their music is humorous, but they don't find it a bit funny that one of their songs poking fun of religion may have sparked a dispute among the Brahms, triggering the murders. They say federal authorities asked them to cancel a long-planned 17-city tour and eliminate live performances until the conclusion of the investigation. The probe apparently involved their song, Christianity is Stupid. It's hard to listen to the cut and not laugh. 
if you have any sense of humor at all, or, or uh, negative whatever, land member Don Joyce. It's hard not to see the humor in it, and that it would result in anything as serious as this. I think is ridiculous. This isn't the first time controversial music has been linked to tragedy. Charles Manson said his murder spree was influenced by the Beatles' Helter Skelter. It's believed Night Stalker suspect Richard Ramirez was influenced by ACDC's Highway to Hell album. And Ozzy Osbourne's song Suicide Solution became the focal point of an actual suicide case involving a Southern California teenager. What you can say is that music is, is a bystander uh, involved to a certain degree, but most unlikely that it generated the mayhem. If it did, there'd be a lot more mayhem around. Meanwhile, the members of Negative Land are hoping for a speedy conclusion to the Brom case in Minnesota and eventually a return to their live performances and a career that after nine years had finally taken some positive turns. But a quick end to the bizarre murder case may be in doubt. A Minnesota judge has ruled that David Brom will face trial as a juvenile. The prosecutor wants Brom tried as an adult, and he's appealing. I'm Hal Eisner, Channel 5 Eyewitness News. It'll be several months before the court decides whether to try David Brom as a juvenile or an adult. The date for his murder trial can't be set until that decision is made. That means it's also not clear how long the band will be restricted from performing. How do you feel about television? It's going to make me famous one day. <laughs> well, uh, why, why do you think that? Huh? Why do you think television's going to make you famous? Because the media is, is exploitive. It, it takes an issue... It can blow it out of proportion, or it can take a serious issue and uh, make nothing out of it. you got to know how to exploit the media. You're right. <laughs> Thank you. So that is a little snippet into what it was like in the 80s to like any of that music or even look at that music because you were instantly put into the Charles Manson category like just because it was even talking about satan you know and then like oh and then there's this other suicide thing with it you know it's like come on do you remember if you played records backwards <laughs> you would get messages from from like demons or something yeah. like satan yes yeah. yes it was very big so the reason I played that for y'all is not only is the band, oh God, what a terrible editing clip. The instant they're talked about these hor horrific murder and then they instantly cut to one of the members of the band saying, we think our music is hilarious. And you're like, oh, dang it. They literally made the band look like they were saying that the murder was hilarious. You know, it was just the, yeah, they, they know what they were doing in the eighties. So, and I will definitely have that news article like, as a reference point for this, but I was just like, I got to play this whole thing because this is just too good. Just so you know, Negative Land is still producing music. They do have a 2020 album. Shut your face. Yup. And it's called The World Would Will Decide. And I listened to the title song and I got to say, it's actually pretty good. I actually might add them to my regular rotation on Spotify. On Spotify. It's fun. It's good music. I mean, I'm just saying, I love the first 27 seconds of Christianity is Stupid. I'm going to have to listen to the rest of that later. Yeah, definitely. So let's go back to the Thursday night, February 18th, 1988, when David and his dad allegedly got into that fight for some reason. And part of the reason why we know this is because David the next day confided in a friend, one of his closest friends. He said around 1130 that night, they had the fight David then stayed up until about 3 a.m. thinking about it. 
and then decided to take action. He first went into his parents' room with an axe and started attacking his father with it. It upset him that his dad kept fighting back, so he kept striking him more and more and more times until he was finally killed. David then went and hit his mother with the axe, and I guess he thought that he had killed her because he went out of the room and then went into his brother Richard's room, who was only nine years old at the time, and killed him. Coming back out of Richard's room, he saw that his mother was on the floor in the hallway with his sister Diane standing above her, probably like, oh my god, mom, are you okay? And her mom's probably crawling to get help. She's probably like, what the fuck? Yeah. He then struck both of them and killed them. His sister, Diane, was only 14 when she died. So, and then from my research, I couldn't exactly figure out who called the police. My guess is, again, this is a Thursday night. Friday morning, these kids aren't showing up to school. Right. Family isn't showing up to work. There's a bunch of things going on here. David and his older brother, Joe, are gone. Now, granted, Joe is actually, from what I understand, either at college or out of the house, So he's not even a suspect after they realize that. David, they assume, has either been taken by this killer or is, you know, in some way, you know, hiding from this person. Here's what I love about your story and mine last time. Mm. Once they realize there's a missing child, they automatically assume said child has been taken. Yes. They're not a suspect. Right. Nowadays, that child is immediately the suspect. Yeah. And it's sad. It's sad to say that, but it's true. You're right. It is very much more that way. Diane's best friend at the time, Patty Price, remembers that night very well. <gasps> Patty Price. I love that I name. I know. You're going to like her even more. She can, She plays a little bit more into the end of the story, too. So she said it was a, quote, crazy, awful experience. And actually, her quote was the one at the beginning, the one about the caskets. Her mom actually told her the news that night that her friend was dead. She said, quote, my life is sort of before that moment and after that moment. Because, again, those girls were, like, in middle school. So, I mean, it's a pretty seminal moment in your life as it is, let alone your best friend dies like that. I can still remember when I was in middle school, this girl I went to school with, she didn't die, but part of her family did. They were on a trip or something like that and they got a flat tire and they pulled over on the side of the road and her dad and her twin brother were changing the tire and someone hit them and killed them. Oh my God. I still remember that. I wasn't her best friend. That's horrifying. I think it was a drunk driver. Don't drink and drive everyone. Don't drink and drive. Uber exists for a reason, y'all. Seriously, leave your car where it is. Trust us. Just please don't, don't do it. But that's exactly it. I mean, like, that's kind of shaped Patty into who she is today. She said that herself and a lot of other people, again, weren't sure that David was the person, of course, because they're thinking there's no way. You even heard in that news clip, which was, again, about the slayings that David had committed, that, like, he was not, they had no clue. Nobody said he was aggressive, he wasn't mean, he wasn't, there were no signs that he was going to be doing this kind of a thing. And she was included. The working theory was, like we said, intruder took him or he's hiding. So the next day they found David at a payphone. The cops did. They took him in. 
payphone. I, I, I know. Talk about the 80s. I know. They found him at a payphone. I was like, God, this is such an 80s story. Everything about it, from the music, to the hair, to the Catholic school Satanism. To I the, mean a payphone. Yep. I dare y'all to go find a payphone. Seriously. Outside of fucking Blockbuster. Find those two things for me and you win Blockbuster is in Oregon. Is it Oregon? Really? Is the one left in Oregon? Well, it needs to stay open. It needs to be like a memorial or a, a shrine or some or like some sort of museum or something because we can't let that go. Come on. That was such a good time. I think that's where it's at. You keep going. Yes, please. We'll have to make a, a trip. <laughs> Don't tempt me with a good time. Right? So they started asking him what happened. They said at the time, and I'm reading this from a news article that happened like the day after, quote, he was quite nervous and frightened, is what the cop said. Bend, Oregon. Oh, wow. Holy crap, Bend, Oregon. Y'all, y'all protect the last blockbuster on the planet, <laughs> please, or at least the U.S. that we know of. And okay, so when the cops brought him in, he must have confessed pretty quickly. I mean, it, it didn't seem to me like he was some sort of master planner, obviously. I mean, he just killed his whole family with an axe and left them there and then, like, ran out of his house. He was charged with four counts of first-degree murder and eight counts of second-degree murder on February 20th, 1988. So he killed his family on the 18th, and two days later, he was charged. Nice. I Gotta mean, love some 1980s police work. Shit, that was open and shut. Because honestly, even if he hadn't done it, they were still gonna fucking charge him. I guess 1980s, so. y'all. Shit. Yeah, they didn't play. No. Mm-mm. At all. He didn't enter a plea deal, and he pleaded not guilty at the time. He was only 16 years old. They charged him as an adult, didn't they? So let's get down to decide a couple of things. So that that's where they had to figure this out. Were they gonna charge him as an adult? And was he mentally ill? I'm sorry, what state are we in? We are in Missouri. Yep. Or sorry, Minnesota, excuse me. Oh, Minnesota. Minnesota. I'm going to say they did not charge him as an adult. On February 20th, when they brought him in, he was ordered to undergo a psychiatric evaluation. And they found that he was not mentally unstable. And he knew what he was doing when he committed the murder. So they, they couldn't do the McNaughton defense like, like he was mentally ill. Right. And then, next, because of the heinousness of the crimes, Ooh, they decided adult, to adult. charge him as an adult. Yep. You know, up north, it can go either way. It can. Here in the south, it's 100% adult. Exactly right. We don't, we're, we're all tough on crime or whatever, but it's more like cruel for the most part. I mean, you know, at least there they were like originally debating, like in that news story, they're like, should we? Because he is only 16, but they thought, shoot, the fact that he grabbed an axe and did this, no. Yeah. So obviously the news media exploded again. It was all included in the satanic panic moment. I mean, only a Satanist would use an axe. He was dyeing his hair black and he was spiking it up and he was listening to shit. In the Catholic school, like <laughs> songs like Christianity is stupid. So he must be a Satanist, right? Must be. Yeah. For the trial. Here. They interviewed 63 potential jurors. So I read, I should say skimmed, the case file of a later appeal. And in it was this information, which I was like, hey, heads up. Thank y'all. They had to release quite a few of the jurors because, hello, it's a small ass town. Everybody knew mm-hmm. what the fuck happened. They probably knew him too. So Probably. They so- had to release a ton. 
Why didn't they change venues? That was also considered consider was a consideration at the time and that was part of the appeal process on the back end that David asked for. He was like, first of all, I didn't get a change of venue and secondly, I was not allowed to like that most people in the jury knew. So I I didn't get a proper trial. However, and a spoiler alert, the appeal didn't go through. Did not go this way. Shocker. On October 16th, 1989, again, think about that. So we're like less than a year later, David Braun was convicted of first degree murder and was given three life sentences with the possibility of parole in 52 years, six months. So they did give him a possibility of parole, which I thought was like, okay, fine. If you're not going to charge him, charge him as a 16 year old, at least you allow him to be out. Right. He's currently still serving his sentence and is eligible for parole in 2041. So not that far. And he'll be, if he was 16, he'll be in his 60s. Mm-hmm. So he could still have a life if they decide to let him out. I mean, somewhat of a life. Yeah. So obviously that one I was reading was from 1990, that appeal. And here, let me just read from the court filing. I, I also abbreviated, I like jumped around a little bit. Heads up as well. Again, the link is in our show notes bio website. Appellant claimed the trial court violated his right to due process of law by denying his pretrial motion for a change of venue. He requested his court grant him a new trial. We note that the newspaper coverage appellant pointed into in support of his motion appeared 16 months before his trial. Ergo, we're totally covered on that. No big deal. Also quoting, appellant claimed that he demonstrated his legal mental illness by a preponderance of the evidence and that his convictions should therefore be reversed. We do not agree with the appellant that the evidence of his legal mental illness was defined by Minnesota State, blah, blah, blah. Viewed most favorably toward a finding of guilt compels a verdict of not guilty due to mental illness. We therefore affirm his convictions. In other words, no, dude, you were not mentally unstable at the time of your previous offense. So all those went down the drain. So with all these entire family basically decimated, Joe was the only person left in the family. And I didn't dig more into Joe. I really hope he's having a good life, you know, considering. I would like to know if Joe forgave him or goes and sees him. Yeah, I I couldn't find that information. Patty was the one who was the most talkative about it. At the time of the murders, you know, the common strategy was, what was it for trauma? It was, let's forget about it. Oh, yeah. Let's Let's all just not talk about it. Sweep, sweep, sweep. Yeah. Let's all just move on from it. That's how you get rid of trauma, which Mm -hmm. we all know is bullshit do not do that that's not how you no, get rid of trauma no, you have to talk about it to get rid of trauma yeah <laughs> so. i just read a really good book about this girl that was traumatized when she was seven and like buried it deep down and forgot that it, she didn't even know it happened and then she had another trauma happen as an adult and it, it, it was a really good book but yes exactly like and that's the thing is like so that's what patty was told don't talk about it move on Patty said that after her friend's death, she struggled for years with mental illness issues, including anorexia. Mm -hmm. She even went to the Mayo Clinic for it, saying, quote, never once in my treatment at Mayo for anorexia did they talk about the murders. Every time I brought up the fact that my best friend had been murdered two years ago, even the psychologist didn't want to talk about it. There was no acknowledgement that it contributed to my mental health issues, which is shocking nowadays. That whole span of time from age 13 when the murders happened to age 32, massively, I, essentially her, was massively shaped by the murders. And while Patty had had a rough go of it, she doesn't have any ill will towards David. 
Wow. She's even written to him through the years saying, she said, quote, I have nothing but compassion for him and really just wondered why. Yeah. David never stated his motive for committing the murders. The music theory was a product of the time, in my opinion. It may or may not have been the catalyst. I mean, it could have been an argument that just kind of like flipped the switch in him. I don't know, but it just seems pretty extreme to murder four people with an axe and that much rage go from room to room continually doing what you're doing over a song i don't think it was the music i don't either my guess is there's more to the story and patty thinks so too her theory is something quote having to do with priests to be honest but david has never been willing to talk about it i'm kind of might be with patty i again there is no evidence we're not going to say no again this is our opinions and our feelings but there's got to be more there. I mean, speculation would lead you to believe that given the times and the, mm-hmm. you know, history. Yep. And the, the news that has come out continually since then. Mm-hmm. Patty has channeled her trauma into helping others and is now a practicing psychologist. Oh, yay, Patty. Patty is doing, I, I had to end it on a good note because I was like, this is bad. <laughs> Patty, call us. Please. We need therapy. Please. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> to quote the November 7th, 2021 KTTC article by Brett Leone, quote, Price is an advocate for mental health and is a practicing psychologist in Rochester. She says if it wasn't for the Braum murders, she wouldn't be as compassionate or even in the field she's in. So I there was that. good to come from it. And I think we've all learned from the 80s many things, <laughs> especially about, you know, the satanic panic and... The reality of it. Yeah, and, that's so stupid. Yeah. But I do want to say there was a Netflix documentary called The Last Blockbuster. Yeah. Okay. First of all, how cruel is that? Netflix, the thing that killed Blockbuster, now has a documentary about the last Blockbuster. Like, just want to let you know about that in yeah. case you're interested. And I don't know if it's still on Netflix or not. It is. It's in my queue. I need to watch it. Okay. Make us happy. I'm going to tell you about a little prince. So have you ever heard of the Race to Kindness Foundation? No. No, no. Well, I hadn't either, but this is an amazing nonprofit, and it was started in 2020. Now, this nonprofit is not like most. First of all, it was started by Orion Jean. That's a great name. I know. So, he is an 11-year-old from Fort Worth, Texas. Oh, Texas boy. Hometown boy. So, Orion started Race to Kindness when he won the National Kindness Speech Contest, and the prize was $500. Whoa. Now, most 11-year-old boys would spend that money on video games or whatever other thing his little heart desired at the time, but not Orion. He began Race to Kindness. Now, are you ready... For the speech that started it all, because it's amazing, grab your tissues. Oh, my God. I'm going to give you a minute. Go get the tissues. Okay. I have already seen how kindness can change a nation, whether it is a wave to a stranger, saying a kind word to others, or even offering to pay for someone's meal. Every gesture can go a long way in helping to brighten someone else's day. Join me in the race to kindness The best part is everyone wins. Oh, God. (laughs) That's amazing. Oh, I told you. Grab your tissues. That's really incredible. Okay. First of all, this little nugget is so adorable. Orion is 
the cutest little nugget ever. I want to adopt this child as my own. I'm going to kick my own kid out. (laughs) Adopt Orion. Get out of my house. You're not cute enough anymore. Get out. Exactly right. (laughs) So that is not the only thing that makes this nonprofit different. So you know how most nonprofits focus on one group to donate to? Right. Not the race to kindness. Orion's nonprofit supports all different kindness projects in his community. His first project was a toy drive for kids at a local children's hospital. That's what he used his first $500 for. Then he did a food drive and delivered 100,000 meals to families in need in the DFW area. For those non-Texans, that's the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And that's massive. That's a lot of people he's reaching. Wow. He didn't stop there. The next project, and the one that is still continuing on their website, is to collect 500,000 books to kids at book fairs across the country. Seriously? Yes. That's amazing. Orion was named Time's 2021 Kid of the Year and was interviewed by Angelina Jolie. Oh, I wonder if he even knows how epic that was. Yeah, like all of those things. I don't even think... No, he's too young. He's Mm -hmm. like 11? Mm Mm-hmm. Jeez. So now, there's not a lot of information because, you know, he's an 11-year-old boy. Right, of course. I don't have a lot of information about him. So I really have to just leave you with this quote from Orion. I use the things I saw in the news every day. People losing their jobs and their homes and access to food and books and clothing, things we sometimes can take for granted. And with a little bit of kindness, we can hopefully give back to those things. We can continue giving back. Then it makes us feel like we're getting something simply by being kind. If we continue giving back, that's his quote, but. I'm going to reiterate, if we continue giving back, then it makes us feel like we're getting something just simply by being kind. Mm -hmm. Wow. He's right. And he's 11. Mm -hmm. It's not this complicated, guys. It's really not. Mm -mm. I love that. What's the name of the foundation again? Race to Kindness. Race to Kindness. Dot org, I'm assuming. Like you just like type that all in. Race to Kindness dot com. Dot com. Perfect. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, we'll obviously have a link to that if y'all want to check it out. I love that. That's actually something I've been thinking a lot about myself is, is and I'm going to check out this website now, is just that, like looking around you and just like finding ways to be kind to the people around you in the moment. Like you're in line for a coffee shop. Order, just get the person behind you. So, you know I, I mean, little things. I did that. Oh, yeah. You know I don't talk about the things I do. Like you were with me when I did that thing that one time. Yep, yep. So I did that last week. I was at Starbucks before I went to work. It is Saturday. It is six o'clock in the morning. I'm in line at Starbucks. I, I actually didn't mobile order because I thought I live in a small town. How busy is the Starbucks going to be at 6 a.m. on a Saturday morning? Right. You're thinking, nah, it's not that bad. So I just go through the drive-thru. They were going so slow. I was getting agitated. Not at the Starbucks people, but at the people in front of me. Mm. Because I'm like, what is taking so long to order? What is, it was like, just go. So I get up to pay. And I say, how much is the people behind me? And she told me, I was like, I'm going to pay for mine and theirs. Mm -hmm. And I've only ever done that when the person in front of me paid for mine. And I felt obligated. 
And then it was like, God damn it. Now I have to fucking continue this. Right. right? I can't be that guy. I don't want to break the chain. Right. Yeah. But this time I was the one to start it. Yeah. And so, and in the, at the end of the day, like it made me feel better to be the one that started. I had no idea who was behind me or whatever. And I may be an asshole because I asked how much it was, but I didn't want to order coffee for a family of 20. <laughs> you also have to, this is the thing is, you know, you don't want to like go broke over coffee in the morning either. Right. <laughs> it's Starbucks. Yeah. If they yeah. ordered for 10 people. That's a $50 order minimum. Yeah. 100%. In the pod, I mean, like, why did you spend $150 at Starbucks? <laughs> I don't want to have to answer that. I don't want to yeah. have to go. Well, well, I was trying to be nice. And he's like, but well, there was like a softball team worth of people in the car behind you. Yeah. You know, I <laughs> didn't fair. know somebody was going to a softball tournament and taking the whole team and buying the whole team coffee in the car behind me. Yeah, that's So fair. you got to like yeah, read you the gotta room. Balance. You got to be a balance. Yes. You got to read yes. the room, especially when you're in a drive-thru. So, and, you, and so like, it's a totally different feeling to be the one to start it. Yeah. And I've actually had somebody do that to me in the drive-thru at McDonald's during breakfast time. At McDonald's. Yeah. That's saying something. And do you know the feeling of being, having to like continue that chain at McDonald's? Oh, you're like, I'm like, box for everyone behind me, I guess. I'm like, you, I went, I guess I'll pay for the person behind me. <laughs> and then it's a hope and a prayer. They're not buying McMuffins for everybody in the office. And again, <laughs> and again, <laughs> It, but it's exactly that. Like we can take these little moments and it doesn't even have to be monetary. It no, 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 Holding no, no, a door no, no. open for someone. No. Saying thank you to someone, to a barista. Dude, I, I cannot tell you. It's so weird. I say thank you anytime I get something at a food, picking up order or whatever. And they're like, they look at me weird. And I'm like, do people not say thank you? Like that's like oh, I common always courtesy, say, right? I always say thank you. And if it's busy, I will say you're doing a great job. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. That's, and see that, that those words, especially in food service, when you're in the weeds can mean the world to them. Like they're literally like, Oh, thank God. It's that second wind you can get to just make it through your fucking shift because and gee, damn it. <laughs> I know? have been lately, oddly enough, lately I've gone out to meals with my office a lot lately and I've made sure to tell the server thank you you're doing a great job you were great yeah so much because you know I know that the people that are paying for a said meal are not doing that right and they may not tip that way either that's the other hard part is like when you're with a group of people I don't know what they're tipping yeah exactly you're like yeah but I love that idea that he has where it's like, it's not just one charity necessarily. No. It's like any action. He's of seen, he's 11. Yeah. And this was started during a pandemic. Yeah. And he saw what, he saw what was happening on the news during the pandemic, mm-hmm. people losing their jobs and seeing more need and said, I'm not going to help you. I'm going to help everyone. Yep. And that's what I love so much. And the reason why I reiterated part of that quote is because I think that is something we all need to remember. I agree. And it's something we can all take with us every day in our day-to-day lives. And like what you were saying, it's it's about being kind, and but at the same time, not overextending yourself. Because that is right. there, that too, where it can become toxic that way. 
but I think it's it's a, like even more important, especially nowadays with the political climate that we have in our country, which is, to be honest, hard to escape. You kind of have to live in that world anymore to just survive. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a lot. It's a lot. So it's a lot. And so I think, and I think it's important to be kind because you want to be kind. Yeah. Not because you're being kind as a front to show other people to put on social media. Anytime I was even hesitant to say I did this at Starbucks because I'm not doing it to tell y'all about it. Right. I'm doing it because I want to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, in, and the whole point isn't to get like clout or some sort of no. like, oh, look, good Mm-mm. job, pat you on the back kind of thing. It's like, Mm-mm. I just want to do it. I think it's a good thing. And, and, why and you? I do yeah. these things, I do them fairly often. Mm-hmm. And I don't talk about it because I don't do it. So other people look at me and go, oh, she's a great person. She buys somebody coffee or she donates or she does this or she does that. Right. Exactly. That's not why I do it. One of my favorite things to do at Christmas is find those Christmas trees with where you pull the name and buy the gifts for the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you can decide, like, based on who the kid is, like, oh, they're going to love this pair of shoes or this cool Mm -hmm. book or whatever. Yeah. I I used to work for a government agency. And one one of the things that I absolutely loved was we would adopt a brown Santa family. Oh, yes. Yep, yep. And I loved that so much. One year, I went absolutely berserk. And it was with the Pod Hubby's blessing. And so I bought, like, new coats for all the kids. And I did all these Mm -hmm. things. And, like, I just brought this stuff to work. And I put it with all the other stuff. And people were like, who bought all this stuff? And I was like, "Mm mm-hmm. Right. Because that's not the point to be like, I did. It's me, Amanda. You didn't like write yeah. your name on it too, kid. Love Amanda. <laughs> yeah, Get no, letters. I mean, I bought them new coats, like new coat, winter coats, some toys. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I didn't do it for that. I did it because this family was in need. Yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is so... Take care of everybody. We're kind of coming into that season. It shouldn't just be a season, really. No, it should mm-mm. be just all the time, of course, as we know. And but if you are feeling like now's your chance, or if this is the one time of year you can do it, which is that's a whole well, totally and, get that. Well, and this time of year is hard to do it. It is and very hard. And the sad thing is, this time of year is when families in need need it the most because. True. Everyone talks about Santa Claus and Santa Claus coming or Hanukkah and gifts at Hanukkah. And the families that struggle don't have things for their kids. And then that's really like, it's honestly sad because then they go back to school and the kids talk about it and they're like, I didn't. No, I didn't yeah. have that same type of Christmas that everybody else, or holiday season that everybody else had. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, let's say you're fortunate enough to buy your kid that brand new Xbox or whatever, you should encourage them to not be like, hey, I got the brand new Xbox, blah, 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 because you don't know. Mm-hmm. Who around you may not have had that same experience. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just take care of each other. 
that's really what, at the end of the day, we're all just humans trying to figure this shit out. We're all going to make mistakes. Well, I think we need to give each other a lot more grace. And y'all, one of the ways that we can do that is, this sounds so silly, we just went through a vote, but it really is that. Like by voting for things that you know will benefit a lot of people that you love. Mm-hmm. If they benefit you too, great. You know what I'm saying? Like trying to put yourself in your community's shoes and Other go, Other people's what would my- shoes because... Yeah. It, it goes past you, mm-hmm. basically. At the end of the day, it's not all about you. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's all about you, clearly, Amanda. I mean, that's... I, I mean, it's my world. Y'all I mean, just live in it. Hold but, on. I mean... <laughs> well, on that note, we love y'all, and we will... See you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.